right, what are we just watching, me? We just watched Orion and the Dark. And I just wanted to say the big dark there, but it's not. It's just Orion and the, the Dark. The big dark. For some reason, I've also been calling this film Nora in the Dark in my head, and I don't know. That's that's weird. I don't know who Nora is. I don't either. I just I'm in trouble with the title for yeah, some I more. I don't think there's anyone named Nora. Nope, nope, nope. So these are our first impressions of the film that just came out earlier in February of 2024. Yeah, February 2nd. It came out on Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Um, yeah, so our unresearched, unrefined thoughts yeah. and feelings about this. So what did you think, Kevin? I liked it a lot. I thought yeah. it was, uh, I mean, it is, first and foremost, a movie for kids. And mm-hmm. that is not meant to be a, a disparagement, um, but that is clearly its target audience. Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing. Um, I put it on the list basically because it was written by Charlie Kaufman, which is a wild idea to me that Charlie Kaufman would be writing a children's film. Uh, For those who don't know, he wrote such films as Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and Being John Malkovich and Adaptation and I'm Thinking of Ending Things and Synecdoche, New York and Anomalisa. There, I think I named all of them. I think... (laughs) It seemed less weird that Charlie Kaufman wrote it when I saw it was an adaptation of a book. Why did that make it seem less weird? Well, you know, because ad- adapters do a lot less work than regular screenwriters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Whoa. Uh, Amy's trying to get us canceled. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I think I just meant... Uh, he had like the basic maybe storyline and characters mm-hmm. so that wasn't completely original from the charlie kaufman mm. mind adaptation is own art and it is not any easier or harder than writing something from scratch I mean, he literally wrote a movie called adaptation about the difficulties of adapting things <laughs> A lot of his stuff has been adapted from other things. I'm thinking of ending things based on a book. Adaptation is based on The Orchid Thief, technically. It won the screenplay Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay, even though it's not really The Orchid Thief. It's complicated. I'm not really familiar with Kaufman's work besides, like, I know those films, but I've never seen them. That's fine. I know of them. I'm a big fan of Kaufman's work, so uh, I liked it. Um, I am really curious, bless you, I am really curious how much of the original book is in here or not, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and what are the sorts of things that Kaufman brought in or enhanced from the existing text Mm -hmm. Um, because I would say a lot of this felt to me like a Kaufman 
Production. Like the kind of like a little bit of existential anxiety. Yeah, of a well, Kaufman I mean, yeah, Kaufman film. is is full of existential anxiety and the the sort of fact that you can never really escape that, <laughs> which is kind of what the movie's about. But even like Orion as a main character in the first act feels like a Kaufman character in that he is very much stuck in his head. He um, has a little bit of what we might call protagonist syndrome um, in that, not necessarily like in an egotistical way, but he feels like everything is going to be happening to him Mm -hmm. rather than, no, the world's just full of uh, terrible things that happen all the time, not just to you. It's like it, a Kaufman character is like, no, these are things that are happening to me specifically, um, which is a weird way to describe that, but it's a very self-centered anxiety, um, which is very Kaufman-esque. And uh, he kind of looks like a Charlie Kaufman describes himself as looking, um, particularly in the film adaptation where he's played by Nicolas Cage. Um, he's got big hair, and he's, it's an external exaggeration of that. What did you think of it? I can, I can and will talk about it at length. Oh, well, I mean, since the last animated movie we saw was, um, Spider-Man Across the uh-huh. Spider-Verse, this was not as good as <laughs> Spider-Man. But that's not really yeah. fair. I mean... Uh, I don't even disagree. It's not as good um, as Spider-Man. Uh, I, I enjoyed it, but it also felt a little empty to me. Like, there could have been more. I don't know what that more is. I don't have any suggestions of uh, what it felt that's, like. That's interesting, because I thought it was doing more than I expected it to okay. be. Okay. Uh, um, for what that's worth. Um, I'm looking at the original book on Amazon. It is a picture book. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's... N- so you really have to expand it if you're going to make a 90-minute Yeah. Film. Which is not to say that picture books can't be complex and, and meaningful. No. Um, but they are relatively short. <laughs> I mean, I did enjoy it. I liked the... Anthro. I want to say personification. <laughs> like like a different word. <laughs> Anthropomorphization mm-hmm. of the elements of mm-hmm. of like night of mm-hmm. quiet and dreams and um, insomnia mm-hmm. and random noises. Um, it, that kind of reminded me of the characters in Inside Out. Interesting. Um, probably because they're an anthropomorphization. <laughs> Whew, really struggling on that one. Uh, of abstract elements. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the lesson kind of on there are good things about the dark mm-hmm. and you kind of can't have light without dark and vice versa they mm-hmm. work like you need both and the balance of of nature mm-hmm. and the elements um 
I liked. Two, it kind of tricks you a little bit, and it's maybe not the story of overcoming the fear of the dark, but a story between a father and a daughter. Uh-huh. I liked I don't, that. I like that a lot. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, and I like that it this story that he's telling her, she also becomes a co-author on it and mm-hmm. continues it with her son when they grow up. I know mm-hmm. it's very um, moving ending when you see the different generations mm-hmm. together. Um, expanding on the story. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with a lot of that. Uh, I do think the animation was probably the weak point. Again, coming off of something like Spider-Man, which has earth-shatteringly good animation. The animation in this was a little... Um, bog standard it felt like like the characters designs were good but it felt very particularly like the human characters felt like they came out of a factory from well they're no different from other dreamworks like how did you dragon the humans look the same yeah that's the problem (laughs) cgi modeling yeah they all look kind of the same which is disappointing underwhelming um particularly when you do see some interesting things in the the anthropomorphized i didn't do it right um the concepts of like dark and all the other ones you listed where there is clearly some creativity into what they look like and then to just have the people be not just people but like the boringest version of a cgi people (laughs) It's a little disappointing. I mean, I liked the little detail, the dark. You couldn't see details real good because he was dark. Yeah. But he had stubble yeah. on his face. I know I liked those and things. And I liked that little detail. Yeah. Um, I, liked, I liked those characters a lot more than I liked the people. Um, but what The I th- animation of those characters? Yeah. Or just the ca- okay. Yeah. The animation of the characters. Um, no, I think... The, the moment, because I agree with you all on all those things, I think, I think it's almost not even a story. Like, it's a story about Orion overcoming his fear, but that's not what the story's about. That is mm-hmm. what, that is not the meaning of the movie. That is what the story in the film is about. Um, but there's a reveal, spoilers, um, pretty early on, that this specifically is a story being told not a fantastic adventure that happened or did or didn't happen. It's not important if it happened because what's important is this is adult Orion telling a bedtime story to his daughter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the moment that I went, oh, there's something interesting here. Because mm-hmm. I think if the movie is just... The narrative of Orion learning that there's some cool things about the dark and it's not as scary. It's not a very interesting film. Yeah. It's it's very forgettable. What it's about is about family and generations and how we tell stories from parent to child and parent to child and how... There's not 
ever a completion to that or that's not ever it's not about like telling a good story it's about being with your child and your parent and those moments together and the little things and you know when i need to look up the characters names that aren't orion hypatia yeah, when Hypatia is like, can I in, can I finish the story? Um, like that's a really big change, and it it makes it collaborative, and it makes it again not about the dark. It's not about like overcoming your fear. It's about helping your child become who they want to be, and giving them the freedom to make choices and figure things out, even in a very small way of telling a bedtime story together but encouraging it and the fact that within the context of the story you know we've seen that oh Hypatia's written her first poem and she's very anxious about it and she's not sure if it's good or not and then giving her the freedom to make that be a part of the story and mm -hmm. arguably the climax of the story mm -hmm. and sort of what brings um, child Orion's narrative to a constructive conclusion um, is about, you know, hey, you can solve problems. It's about, hey, who you are and what makes you unique can bring something of value to the story. Um, and then we see that, of course, repeated when, like, like, we get that moment and then the movie asks the question, wait, but, like, how do you get home? Like, how did you get here? What are you doing, child Hypatia, with this guy that grows up to be your father, like, movies wouldn't think about that in a lot of cases, but this one decides, no, we, what is going to be the answer? She can't just disappear again. She could, but that's not as interesting. And then we get the further step back of having to solve that and it being an open-ended question and that being what allows her son, uh, whose name is Tico, which is a mispronunciation of the name Tycho, which is a thing that bothers me. You're looking at me funny. Yeah. I, how do you know it's a mispronunciation? Why, why isn't it just... Because Hypatia is named after the astronomer, and she named her son Tycho, oh. T-Y-C-H-O, who is named, I expect, after Tycho Brahe, who is another famous astronomer. Oh... Um, that's a thread that runs through it is the, the names of astronomers. And it's on the side of his uh, time machine, and it's spelled T-Y-C-H-O. Okay. Which is... The child's name is pronounced Tico, because that's what they call him. The astronomer's name was pronounced Tycho. Well, and you're very sure of this. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it is the smallest of nitpicks. Um... But I have looked up how, the, how to pronounce Tycho's name. Okay, because I just know I'm wrong all the time about how to pronounce yeah. words. Well, I questioned it in the moment. Um, I mostly know who Tycho Brahe is because there's a guy online who is named after him that I'm a fan of. Um, but I went and double-checked and was like, well, let me look at the original name and see what, his, what the pronunciation is in Wikipedia anyway. Has it pronounced Tycho? Okay. So. 
Uh, but yeah, no, it, it being a story about a kid dealing with his fear of the dark, eh, whatever, I'm not, as, I'm not into it. But it being a story about generational storytelling and how parents inspire their children and give them freedom and agency to write their own stories is really good, and I liked it a lot. <laughs> it's one of those things, I, I, I liked that a lot too, and I felt like probably it would mean more to parents than kids. Oh, yeah. That, that message. Yeah. And I think I think the movie knows that to a certain yes, extent. Yes, I think it does. <laughs> I think it does. But it's not enough that it would like go over kids' heads and kids wouldn't enjoy it. No. But I think, and I the movie kind of speaks to that, I think, with Tico's answer, which is, is kind of a silly answer. It's like, oh, a kid comes from the future with a time machine to solve all the problems. Great. Okay. Because it's not about how strong the story is or if the f- ending makes sense. Mm-hmm. Although the ending narratively does make sense in the same way that any of it does. But because it's a story, it doesn't have to... Because it's not about the content of the story. It's about the context of the story. But yeah, I think parents would enjoy it. that aspect of it more than the kids watching it. But uh, I think it's okay for kids' movies to have things for parents in them, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, parent Easter eggs. Yeah. I like the reference to Infinite Jest. I love that. It made me laugh. There were so many little <laughs> jokes like that that I'm like, this is for the parents in the room. I'm uh, happy for it. Werner Herzog narrating <laughs> the documentary on the dark was like, just Chef's kiss. Yeah, Chef's kiss. Wonderful. Of course he would. <laughs> Talk about existential anxiety. Yeah. Uh, there was a reference to Toy Story. Um, in that Orion was watching a movie about trash getting thrown into a trash compactor mm-hmm. that was very reminiscent of the ending of Toy Story 3. Um, when everyone's about to get smashed in the furnace. I don't even remember how they ended up there. I I don't remember. It's fine. I don't remember. Um, uh, Yeah. And Sleep was played by Nadja from... Yeah, she had the same voice and everything. She was 100% the same voice. So Sleep, as it turns out, is a vampire. Yeah. That makes some sense. Yeah. 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 Um, the whole voice cast was real strong. I didn't, I, I was, <laughs> I was a little surprised that Dark wasn't played by, uh, Seth Rogen. Me too! <laughs> I thought I had it Paul pegged, Walter Hauser was doing it's... his best Seth Rogen impersonation. Yeah, 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 that's, that's what happened. Uh, do you know what we've seen him in? I looked him up as well. Yeah, he was in the after party. Yeah, and he's he like one of party. that those guys he's yeah. been in a bunch of stuff yeah he was richard jewell in clint eastwood's drama richard jewell um which is not a film i have any interest in seeing but yeah he's very much a that guy actor um and apparently you know if you need someone to pretend to be seth rogan <laughs> i i i thought it was seth rogan playing dark yeah. and i was angry. it was a very seth rogan voice performance mm-hmm. Um, and Angela Bassett with Sweet Dreams. 
And Ike Barinholtz was light, who I think you know who Ike Barinholtz mm-hmm. is. Yeah, yeah, I do. Also in the after party. Yeah. Brother Just of first John season. Barinholtz from Superstore. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good voice cast. I was happy with everybody. Uh, I don't know that I have much more to say than that. I enjoyed it. I, I gotta say, I think Quiet was my favorite character. Quiet was great. I I liked <laughs> Quiet. I also like the Quiet, so maybe so, I'm yeah. a bit biased. But that is a nice time of night when things like settle down and become peaceful and quiet. Yeah. And uh, it reminded me of when it snows. It gets really quiet when it snows, mm-hmm. and that's really nice. And um, Quiet was. Uh, also a cute little, like, furball. Is it a little, like, dandelion mouse? Yeah, dandelion mouse. Is what I was going with? Yeah. Because it had the little, like, green tail that made it sort yeah. of dandelion-y. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, but mouse ears, I don't know. It was cute. They don't have to be realistic. I did think when, when the film started, I was like, this kid, Orion... He has more anxiety than I do, and that is impressive. <laughs> I can relate. A lot of anxiety. I can relate. Oh, and worst case scenarios, imagining them all out. Uh-huh. I got that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you don't know. draw them in a cute little notebook, though. I don't draw them in a cute little notebook. Yeah. Uh, I like those animations. I thought they were they mm-hmm. were cute. Mm-hmm. Um, animation within the animation. Yeah. It's kind of like Spider-Man in that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very tangentially. Yeah. I would... I definitely think the strong parts were the performances and the writing more so than the production values. Yeah. Um... And it's still weird to me that uh, Charlie Kaufman wrote a kids movie. Does Charlie Kaufman have kids? I have no idea. Oh, Maybe. Okay. I should look it up. You don't have to have kids to work on a children's no, movie. No, it's not required. Well, and I, I saw at one point a review or a article or a statement. Uh, he does have a daughter. There we go. Um... Where they were, they were questioning the amount of Charlie Kaufman in the final script and saying, like, you know, is it, it's possible that, you know, he wrote an original draft. And if you write the original draft, you get credited per WGA rules and how much had changed over the course of it. And they're like, we don't know that he really wrote this movie. Um, which is kind of true of any credited author on any movie, so I don't know why they were calling it out specifically on this I know, one. that's that would be true of every single movie. It is. And lots of movies have uncredited rewrites. So, like, I don't know why this article or this review, it was a review, like, felt the need to call it out specifically on this one. Because um, I felt, I thought it felt pretty Kaufman-y in... in you know, a way that's, you know, for kids. <laughs> I'm not going to you know, turn around and show an 11-year-old Synecdoche, New York mm-hmm. next week, but uh, I don't have access to a lot of 11-year-olds either, so that's fair. 
I thought it was a real weird thing to focus on in an article. Because mm-hmm. that's true. But like, well, movies? Charlie Kaufman might not have written it in its final form. Yeah, I mean, like the only ones where that where he probably didn't are the ones he directed, because um, he probably had a lot more control over them. But mm-hmm. it felt weird to me to be like dismissive of his involvement. It felt more like a problem with the author of the piece than of the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yes, nice little film. Yeah, that's fun. Watch it on Netflix. Yeah. With or without kids. I mean, I do think it's for older kids because th- when the dark comes out, is kind of it's scary. It's a little spooky. It's a little, yeah. a little scary. Yeah. Um, I, would, I would say someone who's about Orion's age. Yeah. You yeah, know, that's uh, maybe not your three-year-old. Yeah, but you know, ten or eleven is a good age. Also, I'm no expert on determining <laughs> how old a child should be before seeing a movie, and of course, it also depends on the child. Yeah, um, don't take parenting advice from us. Yeah, <laughs> just a little disclaimer there. Yeah. We don't know what we're talking about. Cool. Do you have anything them? else? I don't know. You want to tell them about our Patreon? Yeah, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash five degrees. Uh, the support is on a per episode basis, and you can put a monthly cap on the number of episodes you support. And there are two perks for being a patron. The first is the super duper unedited cut of the episode from the moment we turn the microphone on to the moment we turn it off uh which we mostly use to talk to our cat yeah um and the second perk is you get a list of movies that we didn't watch because kevin has a list of five or so movies and i pick one and it helps both of our anxiety levels yeah and we have a website it's five degrees between dot us and the patron, Patreon helps pay for server costs, costs and, and whatnot, um, but it will always be free, and rate us and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Did I get it all? I think that's all the things. All right. Cool. Say goodnight, Amy. Goodnight, Amy.